everybody, and welcome to Talking Stone Sports with Matty B, with your boy, your host, Matthew Archer. It is Thursday, October the 20th, 2022. All right, indeedy. All right, indeedy. And welcome back to another fun-filled episode here of the podcast on this beautiful, beautiful late October Thursday in the Delaware Valley. And I hope wherever it is that you might be listening to this podcast, that you it finds you well. Because it certainly is finding me well because we are here in Philadelphia in the midst of an epic October. An October, or I don't know if it's epic. I, okay, let me kind of backtrack. Let's, let's settle down a little bit. I don't know if it's epic because of the... Um, it's epic in my mind. Let's just kind of go that route. It's epic in my mind because all four of the major sports teams are currently in action together in this month, right? Um, hopefully, now, of course, the baseball team, the Phillies, are only in action because they are making a deep, deep, deep run uh, in the playoffs. And hopefully that run will continue into November. And this week on Tuesday, the basketball team, the Sixers, began their season uh, emphatically with a thud and a dud against the Boston Celtics. And then you couple that with the Eagles 6-0 and start, uh, who are currently now on their bye week, and the Flyers, who have gotten off to a 3-1 and start. You know, we are the center of the sporting world in America, and I would not have it any other way. It's been a beautiful experience uh, to kind of live in this moment and to kind of enjoy this moment with everybody. Um, that I've enjoyed it with. So it, it's been great. And uh, I hope we keep that train rolling. And let's hopefully keep that train rolling, as I said, into at least mid-November. Uh, due to the fact that, of course, baseball is a little bit behind right now. Uh, they lost that week, that first week of the season way back in March due to the lockout. So everything has kind of been pushed back by a week. And that's why literally the World Series will be going on in the month of November, which is not normally how they do things. But I'll take it, especially if the Phillies are involved. So let's kind of get into the baseball scene right off the bat. The Phillies, who are currently tied one game apiece against the San Diego Padres in the National League Championship Series, are set to come home uh, and begin the next three games, games three, four, and five here at Citizen Bank Park, with hopes that there is not a return trip to San Diego and that we can punch our ticket to our uh, to a World Series for the first time since 2009. And that would be A-OK by me. Uh, if it's anything like it was last weekend when the Phillies were home against the Braves, that should not be um, in a, a hard task to do because I am a firm believer of the 10th man in this case, so to speak, in baseball. Uh, the fact that we could will this team to victory like I think we did against the Braves definitely, definitely stands in play uh, as we start, uh, as we'll resume the series tomorrow. Now, the Phillies split in San Diego. Uh, they won game one, two, nothing on the on the strength of two solo home runs, one by Bryce Harper and one by Kyle Schwarber. And then yesterday, though, uh, I also had an outstanding pitching performance by Zach Wheeler. Yesterday, not so good. Uh, it started out well. Uh, the Phillies were gifted four runs in the second inning uh, due to one major San Diego Padre error. And let's face it, there was a second error committed in that inning that they gave it. They gave a hit. Uh, the ball was hit down the first baseline. Uh, the first baseman made the play, but he didn't make the play. He, he knocked the ball down, but then he lost the ball, which caused another run to score. I'll take it. 
any way I can get it, but the Phillies were gifted four runs in the second inning. And that would be the all of the offense they could really muster until the eighth inning when Reese Hoskins hit a solo home run. So if you're doing the math, right, that's five runs. That should be enough to win, especially with the pitching staff and the fact that we had Aaron Nola going, who has been lights out, locked down, writing his own uh, new late-season story this year. Well, that wasn't the case. Aaron Nola was not Aaron Nola. Well, Aaron Nola was, I guess yeah, maybe he was, depending on what side of the Aaron Nola coin you're on. Aaron Nola was not good. He um, gifted two more runs right back to San Diego in the top of the third uh, or in the bottom of the second uh, on back-to-back home runs. And then a fifth inning, which it all came apart on him. Uh, the, the Padres were able to tie the game at four. Uh, we, they chased Nola and then pushed ahead th- three more runs to make it 7-4 and route to a five-run fifth inning. Uh, the Phillies were unable to really muster anything offensively other than that Reese Hoskins home run in the eighth, and they fell 8-5, to five, thus sending the series into a tie and moving it back to Philadelphia 1-1. And as you know, and you may not know, and I'm about to tell you, I do host a Phillies postgame show on the Edge of Philly Sports Network called The Fightin's Final. I've been doing it religiously all season long. Matter of fact, yesterday was our 170th episode of the 2022 season. And as I mentioned on the program, I hope that we keep it going for at least another seven or eight or at least another, what, how many wins we need? We need seven wins. So, yeah, seven more, <laughs> seven or eight more, uh, the eighth being the one at the parade, which will will do the, the send off the season. But I've been very interested and very uh, involved in what the Phillies have been doing all season long. I've been following this team very intently since April, since April the 8th, since that first game against the A's way back when. And what I have discovered about the Phillies in 2022 is probably not a mystery or a secret to many people. But if you haven't watched the Phillies as much as I have, and you're not really aware of what this team is, uh, this team is exactly what they basically were yesterday. They were a team that has taken advantage of gifts that were given to them. But then they have disappeared over long stretches of time offensively, uh, which causes you to pull your hair out. Um, this team, who, which is extremely top-heavy, power-heavy, Kyle Schwarber, Bryce, Bryce Harper, J, uh, JT Rulamito, Reese Hoskins, Nick Castellanos, just to name a few, are dotted throughout our lineup. And what has been kind of a, a um, norm, I guess you would, saw, would say about this team, is that they feast or they famine. They feast on their long balls or they don't, they don't feast at all. They starve because this team is really not that good at playing, and I'm doing the air quote thing, small ball, where you generate runs based on moving runners over, uh, situational hitting, sacrificing, stealing, um, you know, slap hitting, that kind of thing. They are not a team that's really kind of built for that, and it's been at times very frustrating to witness. So yesterday was just another one of those types of situations where you get four runs, which, again, this is what kind of is sticking in my crawl. I'm not saying the Phillies need to go up every inning and plate, you know, Thirty runs. I'm not saying that, or hit home runs in every single inning, or score runs in every single inning. I'm not saying that. But when you cannot score any more runs between the second and eighth inning in a playoff game, that's a concern. And when you give up a four-run lead in the playoffs, that's another concern. And all those kind of came true yesterday. As I mentioned, Nola was was really not good all day. Um, he was aside from that first inning, everything else was kind of. He was flirting with disaster throughout the rest of the game, and then it all came off for him in the fifth inning. Uh, really kind of spurred on by his brother, uh, Austin Nola, 
Uh, they he, Nola lost, or Aaron Nola lost the battle to Austin Nola. A key single in that fifth inning that kept the drive going or kept the run scoring. Um, and uh, really, in my estimations, the turning point in that game, a lot of people are saying it's the back-to-back home runs. I'm, I'm not necessarily going to say that. Things happen. Pitchers make mistakes. But I think it was the Austin Nola, Aaron Nola bat, battle in the fifth inning that really kind of just sealed the Phillies' fate, and they lost yesterday, one to one. Certain hitters are continuously or continuing to struggle this postseason. Uh, Kyle Schwarber, who hit a Herculean homer the other night in San Diego, like 488 feet, the longest home run ever hit in Petco Park, has been relatively um, nothing this postseason. I think he's got three RBIs, two on a sack flies, and then the, the home run RBI. He's struggled mightily at the plate, and but he's struggled mightily at the plate all season long. Again, no surprise there. Reese Hoskins and his inconsistent um, streaky ways continues to struggle. At the top, and this is the top of our lineup, folks. Uh, Bryce Harper's battling his way out of his own little slump that he's been in since he returned from the IL back in August, and he's starting to kind of turn a corner a little bit. But Nick Castellanos, who has been an absolute zero, I mean, a zero since coming here. And I'm feeling that we might have gotten hosed on this deal because this guy has been in a slump since April 8th and he hasn't pulled himself out of that slump to date. And he continues to be just pathetic at the plate for this team. So all those things add into what we're into right now. Series is tied one game apiece. The scene's now shifted from San Diego to Philadelphia. And I still have a lot of faith and confidence in this team. I don't fear the Padres. They are a stacked team themselves. But I think the Phillies can out-hit them. And I think starting tomorrow, when we're in front of the faithful, it thinks it's going to turn for the Phillies. And, and, I, and I really anticipate the Phillies, and I think the Phillies will win this series in five. I think they'll win it here. They'll take the next three games, thus punching their ticket to the World Series for the first time since 2009. But Ranger Suarez, Noah Syndergaard, and Zach Wheeler are going to be pretty much the pitchers of record in order to do that for us in games three, four, and five, respectively. Now, whether or not we can get six innings from Ranger, whether we can get four innings out of Syndergaard, and then whether or not, and I, I don't really think that Zach Wheeler would not come up big. This is just, again, this is what you pay Zach Wheeler for, and this is what he type of pitcher he is. I, you know, there's a lot, of, lot to ask of this pitching staff right now. You know, our depth is being tested. Our depth in the pitching staff is being tested. And then when you couple in the fact that Nola had a clunker, it really kind of gets things a little bit more intensify so tomorrow night game three will resume at citizen bank park phillies and dodgers and they will attempt as i said hopefully the next time we speak which we won't because there's no eagles game this weekend so we're not going to talk this weekend but hopefully we speak sometime we speak on monday time frame next week we're talking about the phillies on their way to the world series against either the houston astros or the new york yankees who are by the way uh they began their series yesterday as well houston takes the early one game the none lead game two is tonight so the baseball scene is continuing to be heated up. Fall baseball here in Philadelphia, there ain't nothing like it. I said this on my um, on my post-game show last night on EOP. If you are in the Delaware Valley or you can get to the Delaware Valley this weekend, I highly, highly, highly recommend you do. Regardless of whether or not you have a ticket or not, head on down to the sports complex. Show your support. Let's fill the streets and that stadium, and let's just wield this team to victory because we can do it. We've done it in the past, and we can do it now. But uh, I have all the utmost confidence in the world the Philadelphia Eagles will win uh, this weekend, the next three games, thus ending the series. So that's my baseball spiel. 
Now let's let's kind of turn our attention to the football field. And the Eagles are mentioned are on a bye week, six and friggin' oh man, six and oh. <sighs> With all their imperfections there, six and oh. And right now, looking at the rest of the schedule, and we talked about this on Monday. I, I'm not, you know, I'm not fearful of any of the teams they have left in the schedule. I'm not saying they're going 17 and 0. I still am not saying that they're going to go anything better than eight and nine. I'm still not coming off of that. But the opponents that they have played and the opponents that they have left to go, and what those opponents have done up to this point so far this season, is not in any bit way intimidating to me. Uh, now we are a, you know, we're only six games in, and this is week seven. A lot of things can still change, and a lot of things will change. But right now, you got to be very confident. If you're if you're bought in with the Eagles, that if you're a Sirianni, Howie Roseman guy, you got to be feeling top of the world right now because it, it all signs are pointing towards success. I personally, and you already know this, I am neither a Nick Sirianni or a Howie Roseman guy, and um, I don't believe, and I'm not all in because I still think there's some glaring inconsistencies with this team that are going to come back and cost us in the situations where we need it to be the best and. Of course, the 5.5 average second half points through six games is the top of my list of inconsistencies. If the Eagles feel that they can uh, find a way to win games the rest of the way by averaging five and a half points in the second half, they got another thing coming. Now, whether or not you believe that this is because of scheme, if this is because of poor coaching, because you know typically the Eagles have gone into these second halves with a pretty hefty lead. Um, are they taking their foot off the gas? Are they allowing teams to get back in this game? They feel that their lead is so much so insurmountable that the clock will support them and the teams that, that are fighting back will not be able to catch them until time runs out. I don't know what the what the um, coaching thing is, what the points coming out of halftime are and why they're doing this, but it's becoming frustrating to watch this team go from a second-half dynamo or a second-quarter, excuse me, a second-quarter dynamo to a second-half dud who cannot score any points. So five-and-a-half total average points that the Eagles have have averaged in the second half of games. And they're going to take that um, coming out of the bye week. They have a home game against the Pittsburgh Steelers who are playing a lot better football lately. And Kenny Pickett, the young quarterback, is starting to make his uh, put his stamp on that team as his own. Should be an interesting game coming out of the bye week for the Eagles in two weeks. But that's really all I want to talk about with the Eagles. Going to kind of give the Eagles their break that they deserve. They're on a bye week. Let's give them the bye week. Now let's switch to the ice, baby. Ice, ice, baby, right? The Philadelphia friggin' Flyers. Uh, you know, folks, listen, here's the deal. Uh, again, well-documented on this very program and on other programs that I might, you might have heard me on. Don't forget, I also host a Flyers post-game show uh, on the Edge of Philly Sports um, as well. And um, I, um, I am very... Um, even though right now, because of the Phillies, things are kind of weird with the post game, with the Flyers show, because uh, the scheduling of the games, the West Coastness, and all that, the the show is kind of on a hiatus after one episode. But we will get back to the Flyers eventually. But anyway, heading into this season, I was very um, understanding. I guess the word is for Chuck Fletcher and the rest of those clowns down there about where this team was and 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 kind of the um, the direction in which the team was headed this season. Uh, the big news coming out of the summer was our inability to land Johnny Goudreau or anybody else of that matter of top-end talent, a need in which Chuck Fletcher said we needed to do, and, of course, he didn't do it. Uh, but, you know, it became very clear to me what the direction of this team was very early on. 
you know, you bring in a guy like John Tortorella, who's a, you know, a hard-nosed, old-school uh, coach who appreciates the mucking and the grinding more so than he does the goal scoring, I think. And, you know, it doesn't take a genius to figure out what direction Chuck Fletcher wants to head with. The problem is you got the coach and his philosophy and the way he wants to do things, but you don't know if you have the team. And unfortunately, a John Tortorella team just doesn't fall out of the sky, or you just don't go into any team and say, you know what, you're going to be a John Tortorella type of player. That's not necessarily what happens, right? Um, there's a lot that goes into that. Obviously, buy-in from the players, number one. Uh, number two is, does the player physically have the ability to do the things that John Tortorella wants, wants him to do? And so far, so good. The Philadelphia Flyers have gotten off to a 3-1 three, three start. They lost last night in Florida in a game which they, uh, once again, battled their way back from an early 2-0 deficit to tie things up. Things got away from them in the third period. Um, Sand, Sandstrom got the start his, his first as, uh, of the season last night, he got kind of giving Carter Hart a break. Give up a real bad goal late in the game to make it 4-2. to two. Uh, The Flyers did score with about three seconds left to cut it to 4-3, and then eventually would obviously fall 4-3. to three. But so far, so good through four games. It's uh, Again, it's the same thing we talked about. I talked about this over the summer. I felt that the Flyers are going to be a more competitive team. They're going to be a more chippier team, more edgier team. Uh, and they, weren't, they would be a team that not necessarily would quit like we've seen Flyers teams in the past. You know, last season when they got down by two goals, or hell, I'll even go season before that, and then into the bubble the year before that, when the Flyers would get down by two goals, they quit. They'd give up. They said, okay, well, it's not going to happen. We're done. And then that two-goal lead would turn into a five-goal lead. It doesn't seem to be the case with this group. They are getting down early and often, but they are battling their way back. They've come from behind in every single game so far this year, uh, winning three of them, and then falling in the fourth one, but they still came from behind from a, 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 a multiple goal deficit to tie it. And that shows the buy-in part of it all. That shows that the players are buying into whatever Tortorella is telling them. Now, whether or not, again, we, with the physicality part or if the player has the ability to do, um, to do it, it's still to be known. Uh, the offense is what we pretty much thought it was going to be. Um, Travis Konechny has been a very... Very pleasant surprise. He's gone, he's reverted back to his rookie year and what we saw from him then and what we always knew he could be. He's back to that, which is great to see. I believe he's got four goals in four games. It's amazing. Um, but the Flyers are, are still what the Flyers are. And there's no there's no kind of glossing over that. That They are a team that's going to be more competitive, like we said. But that competitiveness is not going to equal necessarily to more wins. It's just going to equal to more entertaining hockey, and that's the start. And that's the start that the Flyers are hoping that they they can build off of, uh, you know, for the years to come, when they can eventually add that top end talent, which they don't have. And that's really what the end of the day it's going to be. The Flyers just don't have the offensive firepower to make any kind of deep cup run. They just don't. Um, but they do now, at least through four games. And of course, this is a 82 game season, not a you know 16 or 17 game season. But up this point. They're showing the grit and the determination and the chutzpah, so to speak, and, and a team that doesn't quit. And so far, they're all buying in, and, it, and it's good It's good to see. Can they keep it up? Can they eke out some more wins? I don't know. As I said, I think at the end of the day, talent will run, uh, will rule the world, and right now the Flyers just don't have that type of top-end talent. But a 3-1 start to the season is about as good as anybody could expect. 
uh, so far from the team. Um, and I'm happy. I'm very, very, very happy. It's been, it's been a pleasant surprise thus far. All right, folks, let's kind of uh, gravitate now towards back to the NFL because just because the Eagles are on their bye week doesn't necessarily mean that I get a break from making my picks because I don't, man, because it's week seven in the NFL and there's, other, and there's games to be played. And right now I enter this week, again, just struggling. 48 and 46 for the season. Last week I finished a, a putrid five and nine. Five and nine, man. I have not been able to kind of figure this thing out. It's been indicative of the type of season it's been. There's been some turnover in the season. The teams that you expected to be good aren't. The teams you expected to be bad aren't. It's almost a weird kind of bizarro world that we're living in in the NFL right now. And, it, you know, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing to me that it's, there's been such a um, turn, at least through the first six weeks of the season. But with that being said, I got to pick them, and I will pick them. Here we go. You ready? So to get things rolling this week tonight, the Arizona Cardinals will be home against the New Orleans Saints in a game that uh, I'm purely picking the Cardinals for the fact that I want that draft pick. I want that top five draft pick from the Saints that they're going to owe us. So give me the Cardinals. I'm not picking the Cardinals because I necessarily think they're better than the Saints. I'm just going to go against the Saints because I need to. I need to have them lose. So I'm going to go with Arizona. And then moving on to Sunday, you got Atlanta and Cincinnati. Uh, this game, obviously, is not ne necessarily a lock either. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals are maybe experiencing a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover. Maybe they weren't as good as a lot of people thought they were. Maybe that's the truth. You know, I don't know. But I still think they have enough to beat the Falcons uh, and uh, give, me the, um, give me the Bengals. Then you got Detroit against Dallas. Listen, folks, I hate the Dallas Cowboys. And I feel so violated and so wrong about me selecting them last year or last week against the Eagles. I'm sorry. I, I, I got to support my 8-9 narrative. And in my picking the games this year of the Eagles, that's who I had. I had the Dallas Cowboys winning that game. But I'm not going to pick the Cowboys ever again uh, this year. Maybe one more. No, I don't think. I think I had the Eagles in the second game. Anyway, give me Detroit. Uh, I don't think Detroit's going to win this game, but I don't like Dallas, so give me Detroit. Indian against Tennessee. Uh, I think Tennessee is starting to figure themselves out. They have been one of these teams that have not gotten off to a good start, but I think they're starting to round a little bit back in the form. Whether or not um, Malik Willis makes his debut here sooner or later, uh, I don't know, but still I think uh, I think Tennessee's a better team than Indianapolis, so give me Tennessee. Then you got Green Bay and Washington. Uh, Green Bay, boy, man. Man, you know, it has not been a good year so far. Aaron Rodgers looks cooked he looks like he's one year past his shelf life i don't know if it's the Devonte adams hangover does he miss him that bad i don't know but i'm feeling it not only here picking the packers every week in, in this but also in my fantasy league where i have aaron Rodgers as one of my quarterbacks uh, and i'm really getting ready to, to to sit him i think it's time i think it's time for me to make that move but i think this week they get healthy and washington is just not a good team carson wentz is down that wouldn't really matter i mean they actually might be better off without carson wentz but Give me Green Bay in this game, but I would not be surprised if Washington won. Tampa and Carolina, you know, Tom Brady went off on his offensive line last week in that game against the Steelers. Does it work? I don't know. But Carolina's kind of hapless. I think Carolina's moving into sell mode over the next couple of weeks as the trade deadline gets closer and closer. I think you're going to start seeing Carolina move move some of these guys, i.e. Christian McCaffrey. You would not be surprised if he gets moved. But uh, So give me Tampa in this game. Then you got the Giants and Jacksonville. Uh, Doug Peterson's got some NFC East mojo. I don't think he's got it this week, though. I don't like the Giants personally, 
but I can't deny what they are on the field this year, and that's a pretty good team. Uh, give me the Giants in this game. Cleveland and Baltimore. I'm going with Baltimore because I just hate Cleveland. I just don't like the optics of what the Browns are these years or these days. Then you got the Jets in Denver. Folks, I'm doing something that I haven't done in years. I'm going with the Jets this week. That's right. I'm picking the Jets against the Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson because the Jets are not that bad anymore, and Russell Wilson looks horrible in Denver. They are having issues with the coach. They're pointing fingers at each other. The coach is saying it's the quarterback. The quarterback is saying it's the coach. Denver's a dumpster fire. Remember when we were talking about that high-powered AFC West and that adding Russell Wilson to the mix made Denver a perennial Super Bowl team? Oh, folks, so far, no good for the Denver Broncos. And I want to take the Jets in this game. Uh, I like what the Jets are doing. Uh, Houston and, Car- and, and Houston and the Raiders, give me the Texans in this game. I'm not a Raider fan. And I think the Raiders are sham. Give me Houston. Seattle and the Chargers, come on, man. I'm going with the Chargers. KC and San Francisco, going with KC. Pittsburgh and Miami, if you were to ask me this game, uh, if this game was four weeks ago, I'm going with Miami. But since uh, Tua went down, Miami is just not a good team. I don't know if Tua coming back, if even if he is coming back, what that's going to do. So give me Pittsburgh. As I said, I think Pittsburgh's starting to kind of round in the form a little bit. Mike Tomlin's got them playing well. I like Pittsburgh in this game. Give me Pittsburgh. And then the, last but not least, the Monday night stinker. <laughs> I mean, what's going on with the primetime games this year, folks? Who in the hell has selected these games? You got Thursday night football this week. You got the Giants and Jack. Or I'm sorry, you got New Orleans and Arizona, right? Who said that this was going? Who looked at this game at the beginning of the season and said, you know what? That's a primetime game. And they're going to wrap things up with another stinker Chicago and the Patriots. Man, that is just another bad game. But give me the Patriots in this game. And there you have my week 17 picks from my mouth to hopefully God's ears as, um, as we get ready to kick off week seven of the NFL. And folks, um, as I mentioned at the top of the show, it's been a great, I'm having all kinds of technical problems. It's been a great sports week here or sports month here in Philadelphia as our teams, all four of them right now are in action. I know I didn't go over the Sixers tonight or today. We'll catch up with the Sixers more than just one game into the season. Uh, They lost by the way on there. I think I already mentioned that, but it's been an awesome month. Uh, let's continue to get this month rolling. We gotta get this thing done, man. We gotta end the podcast. Let's get to the World Series. Hopefully, the next time we talk, we're talking about being at the National League Champion of Philadelphia Phillies. Until then, folks, you have a great rest of your week and a great weekend. We'll talk soon. Don't go down this